All right, folks, we have a shocking statement from Stellar in regards to a cashless economy. Full update for you guys here, current events, cryptocurrency, and the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. I am your host, Zach Rector, and as always, it's a pleasure to come to you on a Sunday evening. Hope it's been a blessed weekend for you guys. Getting ready to roll into the new week. Let's take a look here at the crypto market. We see that we are back up today to 23,500. Briefly uh, making it back on up to 25, uh, 25, let me, uh, there you go. There's our chart. We're looking at the 15 minute chart here, barely making it up to 23,000 and basically almost 23,700. We'll just round up, make that easy for you guys. 23,700 on Qcoin, 15 minute chart, chopping sideways, and we're gonna have to watch this thing uh, we started the day back here below 23,000, and we're back on up here. 23.5 is where we're chilling at and chopping at for now. Now, we take a look at the rest of the market here, and we see the Ethereum back up to 16.41, XRP back up to 3.767. So that's a 37 cent XRP for you guys that are still accumulating and doing the deals. Um, any of the other cryptos out there that you guys are interested in. Let's see here. Stellar is at 8.9, so just under 9 cents. VeChain, just under 3 cents. Hedera, 7 cents. And um, yeah, kind of just chopping sideways here for the day. We see Algorand at 25 cents and Quant at $130. Okay, so we're going to have to watch those closely as we roll into the new week. The markets have started to turn actually in the futures. And so we're going to see what this week has in store for us. Now, straight on into it, the Kobesi letter, multiple Fed members have said that their 2% inflation target will take years to achieve. Even if the Fed can get inflation to 2% by 2025, sustaining it will be hard. Wages are up and inflation is becoming entrenched in the economy. The Fed may need to raise their 2% target, or they're going to have to raise interest rates to a higher level right? They're going to have to bring back the 50 basis point increase or the 75 or uh, e e even more so. And they need to stop manipulating the CPI lie and all this inflation data as well. Even though they manipulate it, even though they rig it, inflation has been higher than expected in every report this month. However, PCE inflation marked the first increase in months. PCE up from 5.3% to 5.4%, core PCE up from 4.6 to 4.7. The Fed's preferred inflation gauge is rising. That is the quote, preferred preferred inflation gauge for the Fed is rising, folks, okay? How are there not more headlines on this? Well, like I continue to say, the market's delusional and not willing to accept reality that the Fed is going to have to keep the rates just at these levels at the bare minimum. They're going to have to keep the, the rates at these levels for a sustained period, which has has started to really squeeze real estate. And it's uh, a recession by all, you know, historic measures of recessions, uh, by all the historical data that we used to use. Inflation's double what they're telling us. And so it's just very simple. They're just lying to us about how bad it is. And if you are asleep at the wheel thinking that everything is going to be fine, good luck, God bless to you. I was just in the grocery store earlier today and I was listening to the the uh, one, of, one of the people working there talking about how uh, they were going to have to work on their taxes tomorrow on their day off or something, something that they were going to have to do tomorrow. And the other one was like talking back and forth and she says, oh, so you're going to have to do that on your day off? I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, I can't even remember the last time I took a full day off. I mean, I can't help myself. Uh, but continue pushing forward. And so I just think that for many people, um, you know, we've gotten used to just sitting back, you know, uh, we have a three day weekend once a month, you know, I mean, people haven't been working, especially over the last two years. I mean, let's be real, right? And so for me, I'm just thinking, man, the average American is still just hanging out, taking days off, which I get. I love rest. I love well, getting well rested, taking a day off. And I mean, you know, I take the family to the zoo or something like that. That's a day off for me, even though I'm still looking at real estate, still observing, still in it, you know, uh, nonstop. And I probably didn't go the whole day without checking Discord group or Twitter real briefly. So, uh, you know, in, in that sense, guys, I mean, for me, I just, I, that's such a foreign idea now after being my own boss back eight years ago is when I started that journey. And then two years here of making content, I just, it's just crazy to me. I mean, 
I, I have to force myself not to fly out of the country. And yet I'd, I'd still be working now that I can work wherever I go here. But the point being, guys, is that just the average American still coasting. Hey, come on over to the barbecue for my house. I mean, I'm still having barbecues. I'm still getting fat. When I when I make fun of America, in, 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 in a sense here, I'm saying because I understand it. I'm in this too. I'm wishing that the the American dream was still real and easy to accomplish and I could just work my nice job and have a nice pension and we'd call it a day and it'd be fine. Ain't the case anymore. And so adjusting to reality, I think, is going to be harder for the West than it is for the rest of the world that's fully accelerating um, into the destruction of their, 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 uh, their currency and then the new system rolling out. It's, it's just not even a choice, right? But anyways, let's continue on here. America, asleep at the wheel. Maybe we'll figure it out here at some time here. When we start to see data points like this, it tells me something's happening here. Breaking news, Gold Telegraph, subprime auto lender American Car Center closes for business after pulling a $222 million bond sale from the market. It is starting. Okay, so they're shutting down after they just sold off $200 million worth of their bonds, right? Very interesting. And remember, we highlighted the fact about how um, basically the Treasury, uh, basically the, the the Fed funding facility that they created in 2020, that was under Trump. Trump started this, right? Um, or at least he implemented this process of investing in corporate bonds. So it was no longer the Treasury buying back our own Treasury notes, our own bonds, our own debt, right? But we started to buy corporate bonds, buying off corporate America, and then we were sending out cash to Main Street to keep this thing afloat. Now, talking about the programs that it got implemented in 2020, Mitchell Baldridge shares this, incredible that student loan payments have been suspended since March 2020. What happens when these come back online? And if they don't come back online, I mean, this is one of the, I think the biggest, um, what was it, assets on the uh, Treasury's balance sheet, on, on the government's balance sheet, is the fact that there's over a trillion dollars in student loan debt, but no one, nobody's been paying since March. As I was saying, nobody's been working. We've been lit. See, we were already in a fake manipulated re reality. 2020 opened up, <laughs> opened up a whole new world in, in multiple ways, right? And we're now starting to see that come full circle with what's coming out now in regards to where things originated, where things began, how crazy uh, us, us, us folks out here with theories uh, actually turned out to be true. Pretty interesting, right? We'll stay tight-lipped on those issues, but you guys know the deal, and this is moving quickly. But we just continue to reiterate the point that this is a fake economy. This has been all fake, manipulated data through and through. Incredible that student loan payments have been suspended since March of 2020. What happens when these come back online? And folks, this is the this is this is the bull trap rally for the whole rest of the space. This is the SPY chart. Look at this. Rudy Havenstein shared this one. This chart has been sitting in a Chrome tab for a few days, so I'll leave it here because I like long-term charts. I like things that don't happen very often. I haven't had that many angry replies in a while, so I'm due. And this is how I feel with a lot of the crypto, you know, people that are are too bullish for my liking. Uh, you know, and like I said. If, if we're about to begin a bull run and we're about to send it, that's fine. I have crypto. But my fundamental analysis tells us tells me that we still haven't cleaned this thing out and that we're in the middle of a bull trap rally for the stocks as well. This is the SPY. And you're seeing the bull trap rally that took place here in 2008. Same thing in 2001 before we rip back down to the downside. Okay, bull trap rally right now. SPY back up. But folks... <laughs> I don't think that it's going to last in, in particular in the regards to the cryptocurrency space. I'm running with data points like this. Update, the SEC and Gensler are coming for Coinbase and Circle focused on USDC. Outstanding SEC subpoenas remain coupled with Gensler's clear and obvious messaging. Sources expect another aggressive uptick in regulatory actions in March. So yeah, it it's just keeps on coming. Guys, the SEC isn't just classifying crypto assets as investment contracts or notes anymore. The SEC alleges that wrapped tokens to be securities because they are receipt for a security and a stablecoin to be a security because it is a right to subscribe or purchase a security. So they're coming after it all. And then I found this one too. Cheers, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. If you guys can do me a favor, let's smash that thumbs up for me. Thank you so much.
Mr. Mann shares this. Canada has put out guidance to all crypto exchanges to delist stablecoins by March 23, 2023. Keep in mind, the World Bank considers XRP and XLM cross-border stablecoins. Okay, so let's take a look here, guys. What we have, this article here from Blockworks. Let me show you guys this. Crypto exchanges have 30 days to register with Canadian regulators. The Canadian agency is asking exchanges that will defy, that will defy the new policies to stop serving customers in the country. Okay, so we see that. And then we got a line here. This is from the article. Exchanges must commit to the practice known as segregation in crypto custody and maintain a chief compliance officer under the new rules. They also must adhere to the elimination of leverage trading and halting the sale and holding of stable coins. Now, I, I was kind of shocked when I read this, but it does. When we go look at this actual article, which I'll pull up here for you guys so we can read this together. It does say that there are some exceptions. Okay, but they, they're literally saying, you know, we, we are rolling in to this new, you know, rules, new guidelines, new rules, March 23rd, 2023, which is a big date in the ISO community, uh, you know, let's call it the ISO community, that's getting all excited and riled up, right, that our ISO coins are about to moon in March because Swift is going live with ISO 222 messaging standard compliance. The problem is we still see actions against the S, you know, the SEC taking actions against the space. And we see issues like this. This is Blockworks reporting on this one. And folks, they're they're talking about delisting. The they must also adhere to the elimination of leverage trading and halting the sale and holding of stable coins. These conditions or those conditions apply in the absence of otherwise granted permission. The agency cited recent turmoil in crypto markets for the updated policy. And so this is um, the Canadian agency has asked exchanges that will not adhere to the new policies to halt serving customers in the country. Okay, so basically everybody needs to come in and register with the CSA, which I guess is basically the equivalent of the Canadian Securities Administrator is basically the equivalent of Canada's SEC. Okay. And they say that we believe the recent CTP insolvency events noted above highlight the significant investor protection risk to Canadian investors of trading crypto assets, particularly where such trading is conducted through unregistered CTPs based outside of Canada. Okay. And they have, the entities have until March 23rd to complete pre-registration requirements or seize operations in the country. So we're all getting excited in ISO land. Meanwhile, <laughs> they're about to tighten it up up there in Canada. Now, it's interesting. They say that they're, they're, they're basically not going to be able to hold stable coins. And Mr. Mann had highlighted this. This is the Central Bank Digital Currencies for Cross-Border Payments uh, little working paper. Uh, that was put out by the World Bank. This was back in November of 21, where they do refer to XRP and XLM as stable coins. Uh, a lot of people forgot about this one, but uh, this is a direct quote here from this working paper from the World Bank. And it says, stable coins refer to a class of digital currencies that are relatively stable in terms of their price. Now, I want to highlight that. Relat uh, refers to a class of that are relatively stable relatively stable speaking you know when you settle in three to five seconds it is way more stable than your cross-border transaction through swift that takes three days or a week and you're going to get fx currency ch uh, changes throughout that whole week right and 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 this is this is the problem with that old system is uh even even in the traditional using stable coins like you know the U.S. dollar as we know it, the euro as we know it, you still have you know uh, basically counterparty risk, currency risk, currency fluctuation uh, while you're sending that swift message and waiting for the the money to arrive three days later. Uh, you have the currencies fluctuating. Stable coins offer instantaneous processing and security of payments as many cryptocurrencies do. They also offer stability with respect to their parity against fiat currencies. Two digital currencies that fall into this category are RippleNet's native digital currency, Ripple XRP, and Stellar Network's native cryptocurrency, the Stellar Lumen. Both Ripple and Stellar enable faster and more efficient cross-border payments relative to correspondent banking. However, they differ 
in that the former aims at improving cross-border settlement between international banks, whereas the latter aims at providing low-cost cross-border payment financial services to end users and the unbanked population. So even the World Bank acknowledging the difference, XRP, wholesale, XLM, retail, end user, and under uh, unbanked population, okay? And we're about to get into this a little bit later. Big, big shocking statements from uh, Stellar on a cashless economy. We're going to talk about that here shortly, okay? But what's interesting, guys, is I'm just bringing it back here. Uh, so... Basically, ISO is is going to be, well, SWIFT is going to be going live with ISO, or at least many of the transactions will now be ISO messaging standard, okay? Starting in March of 23 here. The process finalizes around uh, 2025, okay? And this was a process that was supposed to begin back in November. It got delayed till March, but I reminded everybody that SWIFT was already opting in their banks. Anybody that wanted to be, you know, moving ahead and get, you know, be ahead with this deal could start opting in back in August of last year with ISO. That didn't really move the ISO coins, did it, right? I mean, we've we've come back down much lower here since then, right? And so I think that people were getting uh, ahead of themselves thinking that ISO coins are going to pump here in March because they're just going to start flipping the switch and it's all going to be on our cryptocurrencies, See, they can start sending ISO messaging standard messages without using crypto at all. It's just a messaging standard, which is, you know, I'm just trying to clarify this for our audience here so that everyone understands what ISO is. You know, it is important because Ripple has made XRP ISO uh, messaging standard. Stellar has made XLM ISO messaging standard and, and a, a few others there have made their coins compliant with ISO messaging or at least Ripple's ODL product would be, right? So XRP in the DEX is not an ISO 222 messaging standard message when you're sending a payment on the XRP ledger. But when Ripple is using ODL XRP, they have made that ISO 222 compliant. Okay, so that, that's just to clarify what this is and why I think a lot of the communities kind of getting ahead of themselves, getting excited about this go live date in March when it could be delayed once again. And it could begin, but it doesn't mean that we flip the switch and our coins are going to start going up um, to the moon from there, right? This is starting the process, though. This is starting the process because what it is is it's sending data rich payments. We need data-rich payments, and then we need the settlement to happen instantaneously, which is where you need the currencies to come in when you need... Uh, they, they want permissioned ledgers at some levels, right? Which is where, once again, Ripple's private layer for CBDC's private layer on top of the XRP ledger comes in to facilitate that permissioned private network. While, you know, us, us Joe Blows can still play around with our XRP. These guys are going to be mostly using XRP at the wholesale level, as the World Bank acknowledges in their white paper, talking about XRP and XLM being stable coins, because relatively speaking, they are settling way faster, which makes the payment much more stable in relative terms to that of a traditional SWIFT money wire bank transfer you know, transaction especially cross borders when you got the currency rates changing on a daily basis. Okay. Very important to understand here, but what we have, as we've been talking about with John Dean here, God bless him. He says, when you quote Gary Gensler, you immediately lose the argument. The underlying tokens are not securities per se. Any asset can be packaged, packaged, marketed, offered, and sold as a security. It's the circumstances surrounding the offer and sale of an asset that triggers U.S. securities law. So just like with XRP, right? XRP in its purest form is a digital currency. That, that's all it is. It's a digital currency. It is not a security in its pure natural form. Did Ripple package up, market XRP as a security, put it in investment contracts that created a security offering? Potentially. Ripple's ready to settle that fee, pay, pay that small fine. Well, in their case, it'll be a small fine. I mean, they could still afford to do a couple hundred million dollars to the SEC and survive just fine, right? They've already spent a hundred million dollars on their lawyers just fighting this case. So once again, we see John Deaton breaking this thing down and, and, and people are kind of freaking out, right? About Gensler's comments that everything besides Bitcoin is a security. 
Well, Gensler's shooting with the shotgun. He, he, he's, he's making sure that his, his shot is, is being broadcast out far and wide. Okay? But there's a reason why he targeted and sniped out Ripple XRP first. And I believe that's because he was trying to, they were trying to save the Wall Street, right? We've been exposing this. And the Wall Street, JP Morgan elite, banking elite tried to stop Ripple XRP, tried to hold it up and stall it while they created their own competitor, uh, you know, an alternative to XRP's uh, success and capabilities. And they just haven't been able to, right? But now we see Gary Gensler coming after everyone. He's on the brink of losing the case against XRP because like John Deaton says, the underlying token are not securities. An asset can be packaged, marketed, and offered and sold as a security. It's the circumstances surrounding the offer and sale of an asset that triggers U.S. securities laws. So this, and, and, and what John Deaton right here, guys, he's responding to Max Kaiser, Max Bitcoin Maxi Kaiser, who so foolishly says, Gensler is right. Everything not Bitcoin is a security. See, the Bitcoin Maxis just love this. They, they can't wait to see the rest of the space get sacrificed and taken down. But as John points out, as we point out, you know, over here in the XRP community, we just want a level playing field. It's not that we believe that all tokens are securities. I do believe, and many of us do believe, that many of them were offered in their ICOs. Many of them have been packaged up and marketed and sold off as securities, absolutely. But the tokens themselves, I mean, if they're decentralized and they don't meet the prongs of that Howey test, there's no reason to believe that they would be a security, right? But many of them are. Many of them are going to fall within that jurisdiction. But Gary Gensler, see, he's got the 12-gauge shotgun out, you know, and he's, he's broadcasting the shot far and wide, coming for it all, right? I'm not worried. I'm not panicking at all because we've invested in assets that there, there, there's no case to be made that they're a security. The networks are completely decentralized, right? And so, this, you know, for us, this is fine. This is fine. As far as our investments go. Now, once again, us in the XRP community, we just want a level playing field. We don't want to see Gary go after and take out the rest of the space, but that looks like this is the case. So digital asset investors shared this, and this guy's talking about how the SEC, Congress, they're going to use Bitcoin failures against regulating crypto and against regulating this whole space. Bitcoin's failures is what they're going to use. Check this out, folks. One second, folks. I'm going to reload this one. Currencies. He explained that the note of caution reflected a lack of understanding as to how they would react. While Quarles warned against digital currencies, he explained that the note of caution reflected a lack of understanding as to how they would react to times of adversity, saying, quote, it is not clear whether the payment system would be able to function in times of stress. So, Christian, even he is saying if it's not a functioning payment system, that's what makes it a problem. Again. Another criticism of BTC legacy, which is valid. So they're going to use, it's crazy. They're going to use the failures of the BTC blockchain as the excuse for oh, shutting shit. this shit down. It's almost as though Blockstream and the core developers were working with them yeah, to exactly. create this narrative. Exactly. And the hodler troll army is maybe sock puppets of the U.S. government and the central banks. I mean, I never see any of their faces. They're always anonymous accounts with like 20 followers <laughs> on Twitter. Random people in Reddit. It's almost like this is being Ill like, like it's it, like it's being orchestrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and we we talked about this last week, right? We titled the video "The Psychological." psychological operation that is crypto basically the psychological operation explained and we talked about this and once again it's it's kind of funny it's kind of ironic we don't want to see american businesses and entrepreneurs get wiped out because they were operating in a gray area but it is very clear to me that they have plenty of ammo and ftx 
being the little puppet that he was, the little good boy, Sam Bankman freed, right? Giving them all the ammo they need to come after this space. So we need to be invested in the assets that are going to be secure, right? Not securities, but decentralized digital currencies. It's very simple, guys. And so just check your investments as they apply these new rules after they come after it all. Don't fall for the lies. Another one from Digital Asset Investor. The biggest lies in crypto. Nobody knows who Satoshi is, right? We have the clip. The Department of Homeland Security talked about how they went and met the four people that were Satoshi Nakamoto years ago. Flew on out to Silicon Valley and met the four people that were Satoshi. Ethereum is decentralized, which is the basis of the fake commodity designation given from the Hinman speech, when it is secretly centralized amongst the disguised whales from the ICO. We have the videos, and we also have the blockchain on-chain data. This is from Whale Alert, uh, Whale Chart here. 39% of Ethereum supply is held by whales compared to Bitcoin's 11%. And then you can, you know, you look at some of these wallets here from Connor here on Twitter. One of the most mysterious addresses in all of crypto. Bought $75,000 worth of Ethereum at the ICO in 2014. Completely untouched wallet has never made a single transaction. They've just been, excuse me, they've just been holding and sitting on this Ethereum since the ICO. The wallet is now worth $400 million plus a 5,333x received 6.5 million in airdrops just by hodling a 87x on initial investment alone. And nobody knows who this is, right? This is the whole thing with Ethereum not being decentralized, the Ethereum 2.0 merge that was a complete flop, right? And so the whole space, the whole foundation, right, has been built off of lies about Bitcoin being decentralized, nobody knowing who Satoshi is, basically Satoshi and whoever was behind Bitcoin not being in contact with the United States government and or being some sort of psychological operation that was, you know, been watched and observed by the, the, the intelligence uh, agencies from the very beginning, right? I mean, it's on video, them saying from the Department of Homeland Security that they went and met with the four Satoshis in Silicon Valley, right? I know many people speculate on who that is on, on some of those people, right? But to me, it's just the point being, it's a lie about Bitcoin being decentralized, about, you know, Satoshi just being this mythical figure that created this thing out of thin air, right? But the other thing too is Ethereum created that token factory. So the whole foundation here is built off of Bitcoin and Ethereum, and we created that token factory and the whole space took off from there on top of that, right? All lies and now Gary Gensler says he's coming for it all. He does that. And then we get this data point on the other side. While Gary's coming after all of it, we get this. There are now more than 130 U.S. banks actively involved in crypto. So this was a study. Finbold.com put this out here. Okay, A significant number of United States banks under the FDIC are increasingly exploring the crypto space. This has been the plan all along. They come to swipe. They come to, uh, to, to take this whole space down, to take down the DeFi, take down the staking. We have over 130 U.S. banks actively involved in crypto. Now, um, where did I? Oh, maybe I, uh, <laughs> uh, I forgot. I thought that I pulled it up. Um, oh, wait, no, I showed you guys this this morning. I said, uh, I retweeted this and I said, I'm sure none of these banks are planning on using XRP, right? 130 banks in the US, I'm sure none of them are interested in XRP. Yeah. Now we get this, guys, absolutely major. This is Mode Yun or Shamzia Mode Yunus. Okay. I totally probably just butchered her name, but she's from uh, Malaysia Bank right here. And she says, a multi-CBDC network could complement a group of networks of retail faster payment systems to effectively end settlement in central bank money. And so they're talking about it. This is at the BIS Innovation Summit. Okay, let me play this clip for you guys. Macroeconomic and financial stability. The other point that I would like to um, stress is retail payment systems are also an equally compelling alternative so CBDC is not the only tool to preserve public money at the core of the financial system. 
uh, retail uh, fast payment system can be equally effective. Um, to date, about 60 countries have implemented such systems. And on the contrary, only three countries have launched their retail CBDCs. So the benefits of instant and round-the-clock payment in the domestic domain can be extended to the cross-border space. And this can be achieved, for example, via interlinkages of retail payment systems across countries. So the project Nexus, led by the BII's Innovation Hub, uh, immediately comes to, to mind. Uh, so we are happy uh, to participate in this project, which aims to test the viability of connecting retail fast payment system on a multilateral basis. So, folks, what we see here, once again, they're confirming, right, that this all needs to be interoperable. A multi-CBDC network could complement a group of networks of retail faster payment systems to effectively end settlement in central bank money. So, you know, we're going to see so much uh, creation of basically wholesale level payment rails, right, BIS settlement layers, clearinghouse settlement layers, CBDC, right, layers, Retail end user layers, PayPal, um, WeChat, Venmo, you know, WhatsApp, all that's retail end, uh, user end facing, right? Me and you are going to make tokens, right? Um, corporates are going to make their own tokens. They're going to put their bonds, their corporate bonds will be tokenized, okay? Right? And, and you're going to have businesses from the small business level all the way up to the biggest uh, corporations in the world implementing this technology right it's just a matter of um how much of these how, how much of these networks how much of these levels are we going to be able to eat up with our investments that we've made xrp xlm now and and we just continue to highlight this i'm about to show you guys with stellar we continue to ask what table are they sitting at right who's their actual partners that are adopting the cryptocurrencies we've been watching this stellar development okay it's tough to see what Jed and Stellar are doing, operating in the shadows always. And we are going to pull up a clip here from Danelle Dixon and Jed McCaleb last year's Meridian Conference, which is equivalent to their Swell Conference that Ripple puts on every year. And I, I had missed this one, so I'm going to go back and watch the full interview. But I got a clip right here to show you guys, right? And they're talking about how they are helping Ukraine basically with their full encompassing strategy for digital assets, right? But we see right here, this is the BIS talking about that multi-CBDC network complementing the retail faster payment systems for the end settlement in central bank money, right? So there's going to just be so many levels to this. And we just continue to ask, what table, what table are they sitting at? Now, Jen McCaleb, Danelle Dixon, she's already testified in front of Congress, CFO of Stellar. She's already testified in front of Congress on behalf of the whole cryptocurrency space, Danelle Dixon, okay? But I'm gonna play this clip here. This one was found here by Mr. Mann. Here's the update on the CBDC program on Stellar and the National Bank of Ukraine, Danelle Dixon and Jed McCaleb. Let's check this one out. Okay, we're back to businessy questions. Um, Danelle, this one is maybe uh, for you. What's, an up, what's the update on the CBDCs in Ukraine? Well, we're still working with them. We've talked a lot about, we're, we're working with them to work on their digital asset infrastructure with the Ukrainian government. It's been just a really great uh, partnership. And we're working also with um, others in the, um, in the government to support what they need to think about from a digital, digital asset infrastructure. You know, I had the honor of meeting with President Zelensky this year, and I was just so impressed by how thoughtful they are uh, about where they want to get to, because not everyone has the goal that sometimes people put these small goals in front of them themselves, but he has this really amazing goal about being creating a cashless economy. And that's something that he's really committed to. He's hired a lot of the right people to be committed to. One of the things they're doing is really focused on bringing talent in and outside talent into their country uh, and also bringing a lot of focus on blockchain. And so from there, I feel like we're going to get to a place where I would love it if Ukraine was one of the first that actually issued a CBDC, but we're still working with them. It's a great relationship and we're happy to have that partnership. Cool. People are so as we've clarified from the very beginning with this partnership, we'll call it, right? Their CBDC isn't built on XLM, but Stellar, excuse me, is consulting them in their full encompassing digital asset strategy. 
And she highlights the fact about how Ukraine, President Zelensky, right, have such big goals, not little small goals, right? They have big goals, hiring outside talent, moving fast ahead. And it just reiterates the point that we've been making about how much is at stake and how Ukraine has been used and is going to be used, right? So she's talking about CBDC rollout in Ukraine, maybe um, one, one of the fit, uh, you know one of these bigger countries that would be rolling out the CBDC in Ukraine and how they're moving towards a cashless economy is what she calls it. We've also seen multiple initiatives from Stellar on getting funds to Ukraine, right? Getting crypto, using crypto to get funds to Ukraine faster as well. But we've been talking about in a kind of, you know, speaking in code type of way, because obviously it's been, you know, politically incorrect to say certain things about, you know, you know, you like, like, for instance, you can't even say that we can't afford to send money to Ukraine, even though we've hit our debt ceiling, we're basically bankrupt and bust by any measure of understanding a financial statement balance sheet. Our country is broke, bust, and we've reached our debt ceiling. We have no chance of paying back our unfunded liabilities in the form of Social Security, Medicare, over $100 trillion. So, I mean, that's just accepting reality, right? Not being delusional about our financial statement. But for some reason, that's politically incorrect to say that we can't afford to send another $10 billion on top of the 50-something billion. I mean, what are we shooting for? $100 billion to Ukraine, right? Raise the debt ceiling once again, kick the can down the road, sell out our children's future even further, and destroy our value of our dollar even further. But what's at stake, right? The operations, the infrastructure that they had built out in Ukraine, how they were using that country, how important it is to the Western alliance, okay? And then now you're seeing Danelle Dixon, Jen McCaleb, being at the forefront of helping Ukraine roll out a cashless economy. Right? Right now, you know, uh, there's some things that I don't agree with, right? But I have invested. <laughs> I have a little bit of XLM. I get frustrated with Stellar and XLM because I can't track what they're doing. They're not as transparent as Ripple. Jed McCaleb working in the shadows. And I talked about this in my XLM deep dive. I put out that a few months ago or a while ago. XLM deep dive and why I've invested in the project, why I think it's great tech with a company that is sitting at the tables that matter. This is reiterating that point once again. So sometimes I will make investments into stuff that I don't necessarily completely agree with. But, you know, this is where they're moving it. They're moving it to the CBDCs. They're moving it towards a cashless economy. For all in, you know, intents and purposes, most of the younger generation doesn't even care to use cash, right? But... The events that are taking place and, you know, the, the funneling of money over there right now and then the rollout of the CBDC, right, it's all part of this larger plan. At least that's how it appears, right? And for me, I've, I've got a few chips on the table, but I just continue to resist, you know, uh, control system, CBDCs, uh, loss of privacy, you know, loss of security. I, I don't want to see that for America. But as we reiterated earlier in the show, these other countries are moving fast forward ahead. They have no choice but to reset, roll out the new system. But a lot of these uh, countries are falling right in line with the CBDC system, with the cashless economy agenda. You know, And so for me, it's very simple. right? While I invest in XRP, while I invest in XLM, and while I wonder what Jed McCaleb's doing, speaking with all these people, working in the shadows... He's connected to some pretty interesting entities, family ties. For me, while all that's going on and I make my investment in the digital assets, I also just stack up my offline assets in form of silver, right? Because what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to stop? Am I going to stop Ukraine from rolling out the CBDC? Um, you know, many of these other countries moving fast forward and, and, and the people are upset. We see it in Nigeria, Lebanon. Argentina, 100% plus inflation. People in the streets are mad. It's finally coming to the West. And you're seeing the war. I mean, the line in the sand has been drawn in Ukraine, literally. Uh, world powers meeting on the world stage in Ukraine. 
and you're seeing France in the streets right now. Uh, Macron trying to raise the retirement age. Okay, Austerity measures kind of starting. Here in the United States, we're not willing to accept. We're just going to continue to raise our debt ceiling. And anybody who threatens the U.S. dollar, we just send in the send in the tanks. Send in the tanks. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. Right? But once again, folks, you can see it clear as day what their agenda is, what's at stake for them, why this is so important. Why this is so important. And I do believe that Stellar's partnership with Ukraine is critical. Critical to rolling out this new financial system. Absolutely. Ukraine is a massive country. Massive country. I think it's the largest country by geographical area in Europe. If I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, They're cutting and dicing it up right now. Russia and Ukraine, right? The line in the sand has been drawn. And there's a lot at stake. A lot of operations. For some reason, we need to keep on sending billions of dollars over there. I think that's, you know, something that we can't afford, whether we like it, whether we want a thumbs up, thumbs down, put the, put the hashtag support Ukraine in our bio or whatever we want to do. We just can't afford it, right? It's just like we couldn't afford spending the trillions of dollars in the Middle East over a couple of decades, just like we can't afford to spend another hundred billion to Ukraine. It's just, you know, our balance sheet is upside down. It's negative, our cash flow statement, negative. 20% of our gross revenue that the government's going to collect is going to go towards the interest on our debt, not towards the principal, folks. 20% of our revenue collected going to have to go towards the interest. Imagine if that was your business. Imagine if that was the financial statement of your household. Yeah, their debt to income ratio, not so hot. If, if they had a credit score, not so hot, right? Which has been the whole reason why I've just laughed. I'm like, people are actually trying to buy treasuries and bonds as if that's going to be a safe haven. I mean, it's a safe loss. You know how much you're going to lose, right? You're going to get 4 or 5% back on your bond. Inflation's at 6%. True inflation's much higher than that. But let's just say, you know, you're taking a 2% loss on your bond. I mean, it's a safe loss, which it's sad. That's that's to the point that we've got where it does, you know, I, I get and I kind of do understand why some people have made allocation towards bonds because they have M's in the bank account that losing 2% is a whole lot better than losing 20% in the stock market, losing 75% in crypto. I mean, the crypto, we, we've been smashed, right? So I get when you have that set of problems, losing 2% on your bond, eh, better than losing 20% in the stocks. Makes sense. But we had the worst year ever for bonds last year, folks. And we just highlighted at the very beginning of this episode how the preferred inflation gauge for the Fed just started to rise again. First time in two years, I believe, PCE. And so we're going to have to watch this closely because I've been saying bottom's not in. Bottom's not in. They're going to have to squeeze us further. We still have more to clean out. We're not done burning the old system down to the ground. Okay, so remain patient, remain patient. We have invested in the projects that are rolling out the new financial system. The last clip I played you guys is a perfect example. Stellar, Jed, Donnell, working with Ukraine, working with Zelensky, big goals, not itty bitty goals. These are big goals. Not like the rest of the space, playing little stuff, doing little things, big goals, world stage level. That's important. Now, to finish it off, we got some XRP. We got some XRP Rosie Rios. Check it out, folks. XRP serves a purpose, payments. Rosie Rios speaks, listen, everything else is just noise. It's so simple. Who else, who else is getting the 43rd Treasurer of the United States to join their project? Let's check it out here, folks. Massive, massive clip here from Rosie Rios. Of the Treasury chairs published a report just this part which the Secretary of the Treasury chairs, published a report just this last October that examined the potential financial stability implications of crypto asset activities. As you know, crypto has been in the news time and time again, and I just want to share that I am on the board of Ripple. Ripple is XRP. Rosie Rios consistently conflates XRP and Ripple. 
Ripple executives will go out of their way to tell you they have a digital asset called XRP, and Ripple is the company. Rosie is a dear friend of Gary Gensler and works closely with regulators. She knows the importance of separating the digital asset and the business. However, time after time, she conflates the two. This means she has a high level of confidence that nothing will come from the SEC. She signed $100 bills as the 43rd treasurer. She's dear friends with Janet Yellen. She knows the key players in Washington. Uh, Gary Gensler is our new SEC chair who I've known forever, is a dear friend, and I think he is the right person. Former Treasurer Rosie Rios, welcome back to Treasury. Rosie is juiced into politics. Gary Gensler wants a job at the Treasury. I'm sure Rosie could help him in his career, and I'm sure the opposite is true, too. Does Gary really want to make waves? And so when people ask me the question, why did you join the board of Ripple? I joined the board of Ripple because XRP serves a purpose. It's a function that facilitates cross-border payments. It's not some store of value, kind of arbitrary uh, uh, value that is not pegged to anything. This is actually what legitimate financial institutions use. She joined the Ripple board because XRP has utility. It's what legitimate financial institutions use. It's not a subjective store of value. It's useful for cross-border payments. Specifically for cross-border payments. So instead of days and dollars, it's seconds and cents. And that is the future, in my opinion. And again, this is, this is a function. So this utility piece, when it comes to crypto, is very, very important. This utility piece is very important. And she talked about XRP, right? right? A purpose, payments, so simple. And uh, I, I shared this post here today just to make this simple for everybody to understand what XRP is pegged to, because she, she mentioned that in this, right? Uh, it's pegged to the utility. XRP is pegged to some of the most valuable utility in the world. How do we know that? Well, Ripple told us, the need for innovative payment solution is on the rise. The cross-border payments volume hit a staggering $156 trillion in 2022. Ripple can support businesses seizing this opportunity across trade, e-commerce, treasury, and more, right? So we go, see, this is, this is how we make this so simple, guys. XRP is not pegged to gold. It's not pegged to anything else but it is pegged to some of the most valuable utility in the world. 156 trillion just in cross-border payments, right? But that's just the start. We know that we're gonna see tokenized stocks on the XRP ledger. We already have NFTs. We're about to get that automated market maker function, right? But you're gonna see tokenized commodities, gold, silver. Gold's already on the XRP ledger. I'm sure that someone said that they tokenized silver and put it on the XRP ledger too. Right. And, and, and we just need to understand it's so simple. Right. This utility is what's going to bring the value. And the more assets, commodities, memes, NFTs that are put on the XRP ledger, the more value, right, that we're going to see put on this ledger eventually will equal a higher price. You combine that with more usage, that's more XRP being burned. You know, that's going to give us that equation that leads to that higher price we've been waiting for. And when we have addressable markets in the trillions, that is what turns me on. I don't know what turns you on to each their own. Okay, whatever gets you going. But we're talking about 156 trillion just in cross-border payments in 2022. And we have quadrillions of dollars worth of derivatives. Guys, it's absolutely massive what we're addressing right here. We're going to see a little bit of it all on XRP, a little bit of it all on XLM. And there's a, f a few other utility cryptocurrencies that get me going as well. But you guys know the deal, right? Let's stay, continue to stay tapped in while the rest of the space is getting attacked by Gary Gensler, the SEC, the manipulation comes back in. We see People's Bank of China injecting the largest amount into their overnight, overnight reverse repo market, 632 billion won. Massive liquidity injection by China's bank. China stocks go up. Bitcoin goes up. Maybe there's a correlation. You guys can figure that out. But it's very interesting to note. Manipulation also taking place at the Paxos Treasury for Binance USD. Circle as well. Now we see, we showed it earlier in this episode, Coinbase and Circle about to get attacked here by the SEC for USDC. 
stable coins about to be taken off and delisted along with futures trading at Canadian exchanges by March 23rd if you don't come into compliance. So they're going to get to select who controls staking, who controls DeFi, who controls crypto. Canada is a good example. Look for other countries to follow out here in the West. In the United States, we're going to continue to fight the fight. On behalf of everyone in the XRP community, God bless you guys. We're coming here soon up on a ruling in the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit. Sometime in the next month, we should get a ruling from the judge. Major breakthrough on the way. There's no case to be made that today's XRP in the secondary market is a security. Very simple. So let's get that ruling from the judge. The XRP itself is a currency, a digital currency, not a security. And then Ripple and the SEC can figure it out. They can take it from there. But let's bring this thing back. Let's delist it again. Let's get it going. That's my hope. That's my prayer. We'll see what happens. But once again, fundamentals tell us, have some cash, have some dry powder, stay ready. Deals may be coming around as we finish cleaning up this space, as we finish cleaning up the markets, right? Let's watch it closely. Let's stay tapped in. Guys, tomorrow, I got Andy Sheckman coming back on the show. Going to be another massive session. And speaking of Andy, he's the owner of Miles Franklin, been in business for 33 years selling precious metals bullion huge session coming up with andy and i just want to let you guys know if you are looking to get precious metals just get in touch with us okay it's at my website down below zach rector get in touch get your crypto get your wallets get your precious metals and get tapped into one of the best families in the cryptocurrency space uh it's so much more than crypto what we're talking about over there and if you guys were missing out on the prepping call this week good news miss nicole uh, god bless her came under the weather so yesterday we just had our regular weekly call instead of the scheduled prepping call that we had planned for yesterday nicole was sick and she's the one leading us on the prepping calls so we uh, are going to be rescheduling the prepping call to next saturday okay so if you guys didn't want to miss that one good news you have a week here to get into the discord group and you do that by going over to the patreon signing up there getting access to the discord group and we would love to join you and welcome you to our family over there okay prepping call next saturday andy sheckman tomorrow more massive sessions on the way make sure you guys hit that notification bell and let's smash that thumbs up on the way out god bless you all i appreciate all of you and let's see you guys in the next one okay thank you for tuning in to another episode of the greatest transfer of wealth with your host zach rector please remember to follow us over on twitter tiktok youtube and rumble to get in touch please just head on over to zachrector.com you can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive discord community over at the website we appreciate all of you for tuning in and all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals if you appreciate the show feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review we will see you in the next one take care and god bless